Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. It's Wednesday. I'm Sean Kelly. Greetings from Studio B here at the team headquarters on Airline Drive. We've got a great show for you today. We welcome back David Wesley. We'll do a little special Wesley Wednesday out of the season but certainly still within the NBA confines of the playoffs. And uh, we've uh, solicited your help uh, via Twitter to uh, throw some questions at David today. We'll do that uh, coming up. And then just in just a little bit, uh, I'm very excited that we get the chance to catch up with Super Bowl champion, former Saints fullback Heath Evans today. Uh, he's got a really cool project coming up that, it, you know, obviously is uh, set to, to raise some much-needed funds, but – to do it in a way that incorporates kind of cutting-edge social media interaction. So I'm anxious to ask him about that. And uh, certainly with his duties at NFL Network, he was really tied into the NFL draft this past weekend. And I want to ask Heath his thoughts on um, what the Saints did with their draft and maybe a little bit, too, about the NFC South in general if we just stay within the division. So with that in mind, uh, we'll move forward. Hey, by the way, don't forget to check out NewOrleansSaints.com. A lot of information came out yesterday about the Saints and their offseason program and the start of training camp 2015, which will again be at the Greenbrier. It will conclude before the uh, first home game of the preseason against the New England Patriots. So uh, that'll be a perfect time for the Saints to come back home, play that game, and then finish out training camp uh, here in Metairie. So we're all looking forward to that. You may look at the dates and say, man, that just seems like it's later. Well, keep in mind that because Labor Day is late this year, the NFL regular season doesn't even kick off till September the 13th. So that's why everything's shifted by about a week, about a week. So they'll be on the ground in late July and starting a training camp at the Greenbrier those uh, last few days in July before coming home before uh, that is uh, the uh, right before the uh, Patriots game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So check out NewOrleansSaints.com certainly for that uh, for that information. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get right to our guest, Heath Evans, of course, and then David Wesley right here on the Black and Blue Report. 
don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Well, it's time to welcome Heath Evans back to the Black and Blue Report. Of course, uh, former Saints fullback, Super Bowl champion. He's been with us before, and we have him here once again. Heath, uh, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. It's been too long. It has been. It has been. But we've got lots to talk about, and, and I for sure want to ask you about the draft and maybe specifically about the Saints 2015 NFL draft, but I got to start with this thing called generosity trend uh, because I, it, it, this is this is cutting edge social media stuff here, and the idea that I could uh, have one of our listeners get involved in winning perhaps a pair of tickets to the Saints home opener seems intriguing. So, if you don't mind, can we can we start with that? And can you tell me more about generosity trend? Yeah, well, I mean, the Saints fan base and Saints family knows for years I've always tried to raise money for a, a bunch of reasons, but specifically. Um, sexual abuse victims well for years just frustrated that i could never get those you know ten thousand people to give ten dollars a year you know so Mm -hmm. it always takes a grassroots effort when you're gonna put an end to something like sexual abuse it just can't be one or two big donors so the last two years i've been building an app uh for celebrities only or anybody with a verified twitter account um that allows them to raise money for their their charity of choice the premise is a celebrity gets on the generosity trend twitter app um it's run through Twitter. Um, what they do is they allow their fans or their followers on Twitter to pay $1.99 a month. It goes to support their charity. Um, and then in return, those fans or followers that are paying their $1.99 a month, when they tweet at their favorite celebrity um, that they're supporting their charity, that celebrity will see them in a highlighted notation uh, on their Twitter feed. So the supporter of the celebrity's charity is getting a more recognition from the celebrity. So that celebrity will be more likely to retweet them or to respond to them when they're in their Twitter, Twitter conversation. So uh, for me, I'm giving away two opportunities. Uh, my two favorite teams were obviously the Patriots and the Saints. Um, the 09 and 10 season were magical seasons uh, there in the Crescent City. And so uh, one who that fan is going to win two tickets, airfare, hotel stay uh, to the Saints home opener. Um, there uh, week two versus Tampa Bay, and then one Patriots fan is going to win 
airfare, two tickets, and hotel stay for the Patriots home opener versus Pittsburgh week one. Um, people can go to my Twitter feed, at HeathEvans44, um, and see all the information there. Uh, it's very simple. At uh, GenerosaTrend is the uh, uh, Twitter handle for my new app. Uh, GenerosaTrend.com is where you go to, to sign up and, and log in. But all the information is there on my Twitter feed, um, and I'll repost that, um, that, that giveaway here uh, as soon as we get off the air with you guys. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. This is a genius idea. Let me spell it because I, coming across radio, it may, not, it may not be easy to pick up on, but it's G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-R-E-N-D, Trend. So yeah, um, I always Pete, tell people is... the, the, the premise was to get generosity trending worldwide. Uh, yep. We have so many nonsense things that trend every day on Twitter. Well, how much better would our world be if we could get generosity trending in a daily form and fashion for people buying into whether if you love animals and there's a celebrity that supports the AFPCA or with the uh, you know the earthquake that we just had in the fall uh, to get celebrities using their platform to inspire their fan base to give. $2 a month, $1.99 a month. Um, everybody can pretty much afford that, and it's going to a great cause. Um, so I'm trying to group the loyal fan base with these awesome celebrities that, that want to uh, do something special with their platform. And hopefully um, when celebrities aren't on Generosity Trend, it'll be frowned upon because most celebrities are already on Twitter, and um, you know, so they're just doing what they've always done. Now we just gave them a platform to raise money for their charity of choice through Twitter. All right, let me ask you one more question about this, Ethan. That is this. For somebody who has heard us now go through all this stuff and, and is maybe a little lost, and they say, well, I want to win those tickets or I want to start being able to give, just give, just give that very first step that will take them the rest of the way. What's the first thing they should do, Heath? The easiest thing is to go to my Twitter handle, um, at HeathEvans44. All the information's on there. Um, there's a, a twit pick on there that explains the whole giveaway. So, again, at Heath Evans, 44, all the information is right there. All right, perfect, perfect. Um, all right, now, <laughs> on to the draft, I guess. I know you talked <laughs> to – talk football. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I could keep going like this, but uh, I'll run out of time, and I do want to ask you about the draft. Um, Heath, I know that you talked to your good friend Sean Payton last week. Either It was either right before the first round or right after – um, but from that conversation and then what you watched uh, transpire over the weekend, what was your takeaway from uh, Coach Payton and Mickey Loomis's Saints draft this year? Well, it's one that I think probably fans can look back on and kind of be a bit skeptical. Like It just doesn't have that, that sexy appeal to it. But if you're looking at the Jimmy Graham trade and you get Max Unger, then you look back to 09 when the Saints team and Sean Payton and Mickey were at their best, then you look at the draft and say, okay, I see what you're trying to recreate. The, the best chance for the Saints to be successful and win another ring is, is protecting number nine. You keep Drew upright. You know, the Patriots proved it this year. You might not have all the big-name wide receivers. You might not be all that flashy. But if you protect Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, you're going to win a whole buttload of games. And so you look at Pete, uh, the tackle from Stanford, smart, tough guy. He's going to come in. They're going to find a place for him day one, whether it's right or left, whether you shift another player into guard. Um, that guy makes our offensive line that much better. You look at Stephen Anthony. There was other, I guess, probably GMs or scouts that had other linebackers rated ahead of him. But if you look at um, what, what Stephen brings to the tape on just 
athletic speed and firepower and explosive, nasty football speed is what I call it. This kid's got it. So you, you put him with Rob uh, and you kind of turn a young player loose. I think he makes this team better from, from day one. Um, the linebacker from Washington, um, you get another big guy that's an edge pass rusher uh, that can do a lot of different things that I think Rob's really going to be able to groom into a, another tough, nasty player. Um, even the, the quarterback, I mean, Garrett was, um, he was my third best quarterback on the board. And there's a, I think his ceiling might be higher than the other two quarterbacks that went number one and number two. So um, Drew Brees is going to teach him. Sean's going to teach him. Uh, Pete's going to teach him. And that kid will eventually probably be a good quarterback for one team one day. Wow. Uh, the Grayson point is well taken. Um, and I was, my next question was this, if I take away the first round guys, there's seven left there. You just mentioned Grayson, but is there another that is perhaps a real sleeper, a gem that, that uh, I, I, frankly, or, or an average fan may not be fully aware of it that could really have an impact? Well, I, I would say it's P.J. Uh, the, um, P.J. Uh, Williams from, from Florida State at the DB. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at what makes good DBs uh, in our league, you know, and we've had some some great ones there in, in New Orleans, and I've played with some really good ones in New England, and I mean, even Sean Springs in his heyday, my rookie year out in Seattle. Um, P.J. has a skill set that you can get excited about. Is there a, a steep learning curve for him ahead of him? Absolutely. But does he have great teachers that he's walking into? Uh, yeah. And the thing about these Florida State kids is I know Jimbo Fisher extremely well. Obviously, the New Orleans fan base probably knows him from his offensive coordinator days at LSU. Um, he is a hard-nosed ball coach. Uh, you don't get through the FSU program without being thick-skinned and, and mentally and physically tough. And so uh, those are things that I get excited about um, because Sean is going to coach you tough. Rob Ryan is a no-nonsense defensive coordinator. Uh, and so you look at guys of how are they going to respond to the NFL style of coaching? And I just don't worry about P.J. in that regard. So if he's willing to listen and buy into what is being taught, um, there should be a big upside for P.J. Williams there with the Saints. Very cool. Hey, let me ask you one more question, Heath. Um, as, as dreadful as the NFC South was last year, um, did that division get better through the draft? And if so, why and how? Well, yeah, and so much of it was a fluke. You know, I mean, you look at Carolina to start. I mean, one of the most dominant defenses in the league in 13. Um, they have the whole Greg Hardy situation. They're kind of a defense and a team in transition. Um, they lost Steve Smith on offense last year in Baltimore. So you got both sides of the ball kind of in transition. They hit their strides late in the year. Um, you know, they get their defense backfiring all cylinders. And, you know, they were one of the best defenses in the league probably from week 13 on. Um, and and they, were a, they were a tough out. You look at Atlanta. Um, listen, when Julio Jones is healthy, um, Sean and, and Rob and our, our coaching staff there in New Orleans will be the first one to tell you, I mean, they're 40 points waiting to happen. And Julio was hurt a bunch last year, and it really affected the outcome of, of their schedule in a lot of ways. You know, the Saints, it was just sloppy football. I mean, how do you end up with the number one ranked offense in a, in a, in a lot of major categories um, and win seven games? And, and Drew, I've talked with him this offseason. It, it became, you know, just um, – Poor offensive execution. Um, listen, I'm an offensive guy, so we can talk defensive football at the time. Rob has already said it. Um, you know, they just they they read too many of their own newspaper clippings, and they they um, they ended up biting the bullet in a lot of ways and, and suffered for it because they just played a lot of bad defensive football. But offensively, uh, between turnovers and just poor execution and critical down and distance situations, this team you know should have been a 10-11 win team very easily. So. Um, 
those three teams aren't far off from being back 11-12 win category. Tampa Bay, um, everybody was high on them last year. I didn't think they were going to be that good, and, and that's kind of what it proved out to be. I still think they've got a lot of work. Um, Gerald McCoy is an absolute game changer. He was hurt quite a bit last year. The games he played, um, he was a nightmare, and nobody could do anything with him. So they need to keep him healthy on the defensive side of the ball, and then obviously they need Jameis to come in, uh, stick his nose in that playbook, and, and grind through his rookie year and make that team better. Well, there you go. Great breakdown. You know, and again, I, I, I can't think that I couldn't find anything to argue with you about on all those fronts. That's for sure. Um, I can't wait for training camp now. Well, actually, I can wait maybe a week or two, but then I'll be ready for training camp here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We've got to catch our breath after this draft. Yes, no doubt. Uh, this was a great visit, as it always was. I hope that we'll get you back soon, okay? Anytime, buddy. Thanks for having me. Analyst for the NFL Network, Super Bowl champion, and always a saint. That's Heath Evans. Again, check him out at HeathEvans44. It is definitely worth your while. Hey, stay with us. David Westlake with us in just a moment right here on the Black and Blue Report. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Guess what day it is. Hump day! Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. David Wesley, as promised, joins us. Uh, it's a little uh, springtime edition of Wesley Wednesday. It's uh, delightful outside. David, I hope that you're enjoying now this uh, this off season of yours. Yeah, I have been. I've been uh, on the golf course and working on my chipping and putting and, and, and trying to get my game right for uh, any bets that might come my way. You know, I don't want to be shorthanded while I'm out there. Always prepared, always prepared. Are you retooling your game or just a tweak here and there? Um, some retooling, some tweaks. Um, you know, with, with the, the fact that you don't get a chance to play uh, during the season as much, uh, everything just seems to be shot. So uh, you need a pretty good overhaul. Was it somebody you're in your in your NBA career that introduced you to golf, or where did you pick it up? I took a golf class in at Baylor, and mm-hmm. after that, I uh, didn't play for the next four or five years. And then I, I want to say the first time I went out was with Rick Fox uh, to play golf, 
And from there, uh, you know, just I, I knew I liked the game. I knew I wanted to get better. And, you know, every athlete, whoever picks up the sport, usually, you know, has that other challenge to to, to get better. And so uh, worked at it, worked at it. But, again, you know, I'd play the season, never touch a club. Then, you know, every summer it was the you know, same thing I'm going through now is, you know, I'm picking up for the first time. It's not the same. And then you work all summer to get your game right. About that time, season starts. Put them down again. Uh, Dub, other than you, other than you, um, who's the best non-golf professional athlete that plays golf? Well, I've heard of a lot of people. I know Ray Allen's pretty good. Um, I played with uh, John Barry, who, you know, Scratch golfer, uh, Michael Smith does um, uh, the Clippers uh, TV. He's a scratch golfer, so I played against, played with some really good guys. That you know, I used to play with a guy in in Houston who wasn't an athlete at all. Uh, pretty much scratch golfer. And in the meantime, he has a, his own business. So uh, you know that that kind of inspires me. That you know, you got to work a little bit. Maybe I can get there. Uh, do you want to share what your lowest handicap has been at any time? Six. Six? I'll Six. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good Pretty good golf going on that, that, that year, that summer. I was retired. It was when I first retired. And I was playing, you know, six out of seven days. So it was, uh, you know, I, was I was in the good. Well, soon enough, you'll see my sorry golf game. And uh, on that note, we'll change the subject. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, the NBA playoffs have moved into the second round. What's catching your eye, David? What jumps out at you? Well, I think the fact that three of the four teams lost their, their home openers uh, in the playoffs. Uh, also, uh, Golden State lost a home game. That, that's uh, pretty, pretty wild. You know, during the season, I kind of picked Memphis to be you know, my front runner for, you know, the Western Conference. I always thought that because they defend so well and their style of play has built so much to the playoffs, I thought they would be monsters. And, and they got off to a fast start and they slowed down, so I kind of lost touch with that. But, um, you know, with them getting Conley back, I think it's a, a good chance for them to, to give Golden State a really good run. Um, surprised to see uh, Cleveland lose their first game. Um, but Chicago is another team that is a team you got, you have to watch out for. They 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 play a, a good brand of basketball. Derrick Rose is starting to get into his, a really good rhythm, and they're giving uh, Cleveland a whole lot of trouble without Love and J.R. Smith. So those are kind of the things that, that are sticking out to me. Can Cleveland win without Love? Obviously we know that he's done. I, I think they can. I, I think, um, you know, I think Shumpert's given them some some three ball range, um, and I, and I think when, anytime you have LeBron on the on the floor, you have a chance. But in that game, in that first game, I don't think he was I don't think he was dominant enough. I, I thought he was very passive down the stretch of the game. He passed the ball a lot, and and certainly he almost had a triple double. But that's not a dominant outing for him for him that 19 points on less than 50 percent shooting uh i think he was like nine or ten for 23 or four so 
Um, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's not, he, he's got to go get 30 and he's got to demand, uh, so much presence. He wasn't attacking and passing it to shooters. He was just passing it to shooters. So, uh, he's got to be a lot more dominant, but he's capable of it. You know, he, you know, he can get it going at any time. So he'll probably look at the film and say, Oh, I got to come out and be more assertive. And, uh, you know, I expect him to win game too. David Wesley here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, David, I'm going to give you um, two different series, uh, both with a significant injury. I want you to tell me uh, which injury is the is the larger impact, Chris Paul's hamstring injury in the Clippers-Rocket series or John Wall's hand-slash-wrist injury in the Wizards-Hawks series? Oh, geez. Yeah, I know. Uh, that is that – is... That is a tough question, uh, and I guess you would give it John Wall's hand injury because they lost uh, without John Wall, whereas the Clippers found a way to win. Uh, I've always thought the Clippers had a ton of talent. They just don't always play the right way. They, they, they find ways to lose some, some bad games. So, um, But John Wall does so much and, and creates so much offense for himself as well as, as, well as others, uh, leading assist guy. I mean, it's it's hard to for his team to 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 manage without him. And I think they're both really significant injuries. Uh, I think it's a, the Clippers did a great job of figuring it out. Of course, they got a dominant monster game from Blake Griffin, so that makes a whole lot of difference. Um, on the wizard side, you would you would have to ask the question, who do they turn to? And I don't know if they have that kind of guy that can that can still dominate like a Griffin did for the Clippers. I I didn't give you an easy one. I know there's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, we opened up the Twitter mailbag uh, knowing that you'd be on today, and we got some great responses uh, at Black Blue Report on Twitter. Um, and I know you're on Twitter as well. Uh, you want to share your Twitter handle, or is that secret, David? No, Senior David Wesley Four. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm teasing you. Um, but I thought there was one uh, particular follower, uh, David, that had maybe the two best questions that I wanted to ask you about the Pelicans offseason, at least here in the first few weeks, kind of out of the gate here before we get into the meat of it all uh, with regard to summer league, free agency, and the draft. But um, at Dat's Dat, interestingly enough, had two great questions, one of which was, what current Pels player set to be a free agent this offseason should be a top priority, David? Wow. Well, you have to – You have to. who are all the free agents? Um, well, I guess – do you? I don't know if you count Gordon, but he's got a player option. Um, Ashik, obviously. Uh, Norris Cole, I think, also a free agent this summer. So, yeah. you know, that's just a start. I, I think I think Ashik would probably – be the biggest one. I know a lot of people were down on him, uh, his offensive uh, production, uh, next to nothing. Uh, and I don't even think he cares about his offensive production. Um, and I think the, the Pelicans would do themselves a favor if they got him in and, and started telling him to be offensive. Um, he can't be a black hole. I mean, he can't be a a missing an action guy on the offensive side uh, for him to be able to give you 10 points a night is not asking too much. And that goes to catching the ball uh, and going up with, with 
an offensive move, which he doesn't seem to have. But I can't see the Pelicans being able to afford to lose another big. Uh, you know, they trade away Lopez, which was not one of my favorite trades, and then lose Oshik. I think that would be a big mistake. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, let's see here. Ah, there it is. Hey, this is actually I like this one a lot. Uh, what should Anthony Davis's primary focus this offseason be? Slash, you know, what aspects of his game are next to work on? Get a move on the block that he absolutely likes, and then and then work on the counter to that. I thought he adjusted after game one, where um, you may have noticed that he lunges a lot and looks for that contact. And when he doesn't get it, he's so off balance that he gets a bad shot, he turns the ball over, and he he looks out of control. After the first game, uh, and I've been looking at this all year because he's done it all year, after the first game he was taking it to a spot, going into a spin move and shooting his jump hook. That is uh, a great adjustment by him, but it's something that he needs to implement into his game and not forget that, Guys are starting to understand this is what he likes to do. He wants to drive hard one way and go finish. Well, if you can anticipate and cut that off, a lot of times he has nothing to go to. And I think that's got to be something, uh, a pet move, something that you know he knows he can go to. One way, drop step, go back the other way. Those kind of things I think he has to get comfortable with uh, in his growth as a young basketball player. Good answer. I, I didn't think about that as much as you had just put thought to it as, you know, making that adjustment from, like you said, that lunge. And, you know, the one thing that was interesting to watch was in playoff basketball, uh, the calls are a little different, and he had to yes. make that adjustment. Yeah, good point. And I, I thought he did a great job of doing that. I mean, he had an excellent playoff, uh, playoff for his first time around, and I think it would just add more confidence to, to what he does. I think you and I will both agree he should be all NBA first team and all defensive team. Is that fair? I don't see how he cannot be. Yeah. Um, I, I was a little disappointed that he wasn't more. Uh, I, I can't believe he wasn't talked about more as you know defensive player of the year. Uh, being shot blocker, um, but good defender, but apparently not. So um, not yet. Or not that I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, stay balanced. Keep your head down, David, as you look to uh, get your game back together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my biggest yeah. mistake. You know, I think I need to swing without looking at it. So, uh, I, yeah, keep my head down and, and keep my eye on the ball. <laughs> Here you go. David, thanks for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. Yes, sir. And I hope you have a great Wednesday as well. Thank you, sir. David Wesley here with us. It's a special Wesley Wednesday. We'll be right back here on the podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. 
For 27 years, locally owned A Confidential Transportation has provided New Orleans with premium transportation services. The modern fleet of A Confidential sedans, SUVs, limousines, limo buses, and vans are operated by fully licensed and insured chauffeurs. Whether you need to transport corporate clients or you're headed to a special event, let A Confidential get you safely there on time with affordable pricing. Call 504 712-1700 to book your A Confidential transportation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Well, we have some birthdays to pass along today on the Black and Blue Report. Celebrating a birthday today, Pelicans center Alexia Jinsa and forward Ryan Anderson. Happy birthday, gentlemen. And if you yourself are celebrating a birthday, an anniversary, whatever today, we say congratulations to you as well. Hey, thanks again to David Wesley and Heath Evans for being a part of this edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll do it all again tomorrow, sometime afternoon central. No appointment radio podcast. It's a great thing. And, of course, we keep it right here for you, Pelicans and Saints fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and until tomorrow afternoon from Studio B, have a great rest of your day. Don't forget to see us on Twitter at Black Blue Report or kick some feedback my way if you need to at Sean Kelly Live. Until next time, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.